Our scripture for today is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And Pastor Ralph Reinford will have our sermon for today. Good morning. It's so good to be here. I'm not sure we needed a sermon, uh, but uh, I guess you'll get one anyway. Uh, although, uh, I almost feel like throwing the script away and start telling some stories, but then John may tell me some stuff that I don't want to hear. So, uh, thank you so much for the opening and for uh, allowing God to speak through you. When God calls, it's really a big deal. Ask Moses, or think about ourselves being on holy ground when we heard his voice. It produces within us a reverence and an awe that we already uh, knew that we were looking for more. And I venture to say that every one of us has received some kind of call from God at one point in your life. When I was 12, I was the guy sitting behind the sound booth in the back, and our sound booth happened to be under the bench, right? And so it was a humbling experience to have to uh, reach under the bench to turn the knobs. But that's where I was during a revival meeting, when I was, like I said, when I was 12 years old. And the invitation was given to me, and I, uh, to the whole church, and it was a full church that night. And I remember saying to God, uh, right, if you're calling me, you're going to have to make me stand. And wouldn't you know, before I knew it, I was standing upright because God answered that prayer. I would venture to say that God's attention is on every one of us in our lives. And like Jesus' invitation, it first starts out by coming, saying, come and follow me. Come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Slowly do we understand what that means and what's entailed to that. 
And now after a lifetime of following God and his invitation, I realize that he always calls us, knowing us better than we know ourselves, knowing that we have, he has given us gifts that he wants to use. He's give, he gives us a passion to do things. And he also gives us purpose for existing and living. Someone has said that every couple to five years, we should renew that call. Uh, because, you know, I think it's natural for us to, uh, to let things pass by. And so it's important for us to renew our call to follow God and to remember who we are or whose we are, to remember whose work we are about to do and what we are, what we are called to do, and whether we're moving in the right direction or, as some of us, as we get older, what is God expecting in this season of life? Or maybe it could be, am I running from God? Just turn to Jonah if you want a good story about that. But I think it's good for us to review whether we are walking with God in what he is calling us to do in the present age. This morning, there are uh, significant moments in the life of a church. They may be called holy moments, times when we take our shoes off before God and we say, God, what are you saying to us? But this morning, we are uh, here because we have discerned um, a call of God, and we are here to affirm <clears throat> and witness and build a, a covenant together in that uh, believing that God has called us or called Matthew in this way. Covenants aren't private affairs, although they're very personal. We enact covenants as ceremonies, whether it be rituals we go through, kneelings, anointing, laying one of hands. We engage them in symbolic ways of creating memories taking pictures, songs, and gifts, and certificates, and words of affirmation. Like a marriage, they are intentional, and we commit uh, to our, our faithfulness to God with loyalty, love, and care for one another. It's really, like I said, like a marriage, a three-way street where we call upon God to, to walk with us and with God's people and with our spouses and and those around us. This morning, Matthew will be, in a sense, renewing his covenant to serve this church to the best of his ability, with faithfulness to the gospel, to serve the church in loyalty to Christ as he uh, understands the calling upon his life. And you as a church are promising your openness of body, soul, and mind to support and pray and to grow together and to serve together. It's a commitment to God, a wanting to serve him to the best of our ability and to be his people and a faith community here. Wow, do we need, do we need this or not? In this frail and sinful world in which we live with a lack of, of uh, commitment and community together, 
We need it more than anything else, a place where we can commit ourselves and hold ourselves um, or share life with those around us and journey together. This general calling from God that starts out with him inviting us to be his followers is really a call to acknowledge Jesus as Lord and to follow him and to, and to do what he says, learn how to be fishers of men. When we uh, receive this calling and we recognize that all of us, in a sense, are set apart to be the people of God, and that we are gifted and our experiences reveal the, in our hearts how important it is to, to live the lives in obedience to Christ. And so we, we, we gather, all of us, in a sense, to follow that invitation to serve and to, to, do, to do good. We are also called to persevere. And I think uh, this morning's scripture uh, indicates that. We know that ordination is uh, acknowledging one's call to, by the community of faith, and it's a function of the church in, in probably one of the areas that brings greatest joy, especially to guys like myself, who get to celebrate together with the congregations about what God is doing among you. The writers of Hebrews, I think, sets the context for... Um, that kind of gathering, the kind of worship that's important to God. And we know that uh, there are many things that we can choose to do other than um, be here this morning. But the writer of Matthews gives five privileges that Christians have. And, um, and I want you to think about them in context of the importance of worshiping God together. As you know, um, or may not, but the book of Hebrews is a, a very solid uh, a book in terms of teaching us about the importance of Jesus Christ in the world. And, I, and if, you don't, if you haven't read the first part of it, you need to go back and read that probably. Because, you know, uh, one of the things that happens when you get older is you reflect on everything that happens in the past, right? And uh, I, I shared a little bit about my response to God's call in my life at 12, but I think it was probably at the age of about 18 when someone came and taught a Bible study from Hebrews, and, and the Word of God came alive to me. And I, I never experienced that before. And I realized how important it was to allow the, the living Word of God to speak to us. And so uh, it's, it's Hebrews that holds a certain place in my heart in remembering God's faithfulness and, and remembering how Jesus became the supreme high priest by what he did through his death and resurrection. It's in chapter 10 then that we heard the words this morning, which is the conclusion of the argument because it starts out by saying, therefore. And uh, we can't go into a lot of detail this morning. But he's, uh, the writer is saying, Therefore, Jesus, our supreme high priest, allows us to enter with confidence into the holy presence of God. You have to stop and think about that. We're allowed to enter into the presence of God because of what Jesus did for us. And we find uh, that worship isn't just 
getting up on a Sunday morning and showing up for an hour, but that we need to learn how to enter the presence of God with confidence because Jesus is our greatest high priest that he, and what he did for us, opened up a new and living way into God's presence. And today we can freely worship God because of that privilege that we have to enter his presence. We must learn so much more about worship. And uh, if you haven't already, I, I suggest that you spend time talking about what you do when you worship God. It's much more than three songs in a sermon. Sure, we try as Mennonites to balance the vertical and the horizontal. And I often think about our church, we have three praise songs and then we go to community announcements. Why? I'm not sure why. Once you enter into the presence of God, I think we should draw, draw near to God, as the scripture says, with a sincere heart, with full assurance of faith, with undivided attention of being in the presence of God. I think the first time I preached this sermon was in my home church. And I called this scripture the, the let us sermon, you know. Let us, let us, it's a good diet to be on, right? Incorporate lettuce into your diet. So there's five of them here. Let us draw near to God. Let us hold firmly to the hope that we, ha <clears throat> we have confessed and trust in God to, to see us through. Let us be passionate about what we believe. Do you believe what hope God has given you is the hope the world so desperately needs? Hold firmly to the hope that we confess. Let us think and consider each other, how to help each other by showing love and good deeds to one another. And I, I won't digress from my script too much, but... When I think about that one, I realize that in this digital age, when so many people are criticizing one another on Facebook and other places without accountability, I say, remember this scripture, consider how to love each other and, and reach out in good deeds to one another. We need to be the ones setting that example. And then fourthly, you should not stray away from meeting together. And like I said, I'll stick to my script, but after COVID and not meeting together, I hope you take time to evaluate the importance of meeting together and God saying, don't neglect meeting together because of the importance of building community and being and support one another and care. We need each other for the for the love we can share, for the trust we can build, for the emotional health of, of our communities of faith. And then finally it says, let us encourage one another. Uh, we don't need to go to church to, to see what we can get. But it says we should encourage one another. We should go thinking what we can bring, what we can bring not only to the altar, but bring to one another and to give to one another. I don't know what gifts you brought this morning to give, to encourage each other, but these are parts, I believe, of worshiping God together. All the more, it says, 
as we believe that Jesus' return is near, as we sang in the songs. We draw near to God today in hope and in love, vowing to serve him and each other until the end of time. That is really the basis of our commitment today. And uh, like Pat, she could have preached the sermon this morning, but uh, that whole idea of where God spoke to other people and the story of Samuel, uh, the, the one that came to mind is from uh, Acts 13. It says, when I was thinking about worship and calling of God, it says the followers of Jesus in Antioch were the first to be called Christians And while they were worshiping the Lord together, the Holy Spirit said to them, Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to do. And they, after prayer and fasting, laid their hands on them and sent them off. But we're not sending Matthew off. We're setting him aside for the work that he's called to do uh, here at Midway. And we truly believe that is God's will. This morning, we commend Matthew uh, to you to be your shepherd and minister, set apart to minister among you, to teach you and to guide you into the ways of, of faith. And uh, we just believe that God wants to do great things in this community, through this church, through this leader. Shall we pray? Our dear Heavenly Father, we honor you this morning as we gather in your name, as your people, because we truly uh, believe that we are called to be a special people in the world in which we live. And we pray that you will just um, empower us to do the tasks that you uh, laid out for us. We ask that you will bless this congregation as they are the light and witness in this community. May they um, truly uh, commit to one another and to you as they uh, live for you. And I pray that you will bless them in a special way in the days ahead. This I pray through Christ.